Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Well, Colin, we've spent three or four weeks talking about the kingdom of God. And uh, here we are today, Friday. Our subject today is the coming of the kingdom of God. We're in Luke chapter 17 and verse 20. And we've seen that the kingdom has come in one sense, that the kingdom is within us. Uh, But there's another sense in which the kingdom is coming. The fulfillment of the kingdom will only take place when Jesus comes again. Now, it was a constant question, you see, When is the kingdom of God coming? And it was difficult for the Pharisees to understand what Jesus was saying. It has come and it will come because they were anticipating the coming of the kingdom being the final triumph. So they were anticipating what we understand as the second coming without realizing there had to be a first coming first. (laughs) So we read in verse 20, Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, Here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Now, when we first began this series on the kingdom four weeks ago, uh, we started, this was one of the scriptures we started with, that there is a sense in which the kingdom has come, that the rule and the reign of God is within the lives of those who believe, only of those who believe. So this is the precious gift. You know, fear not, little flock, your father has chosen to give you the kingdom. So he's given us the kingdom, and yet we still have to come into the full inheritance of the kingdom when Jesus comes again. So Jesus said to his disciples, The time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. Men will tell you, there he is, or here he is. Do not go running off after them. For the Son of Man in his day will be like the lightning which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building, But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the roof of his house with his goods inside should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep his life will lose it, and whoever who loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night two people will be in one bed, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding grain together, one will be taken and the other left. Where, Lord, they asked. He replied, where there is a dead body, there the vultures will gather. Now, what are we to understand from all of this? Let me just say right away, this has got nothing to do with rapture. 
So we get right away from all that rapture theology, which is such a menace to the purposes of God in this day. People just living for a time of rapture. God is calling all of us to get on with the life of the kingdom, to live the life of the kingdom, to be faithful and obedient to his will and purposes in our lives. But today, as throughout the history of the church since uh, the Spirit of God first came upon people in Jerusalem, there have been false claims about the coming of Christ, some about the timing, some even claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be Jesus, people in the world today that claim to be the Christ returned. Now, we know that all those claims are false because when Christ does come, it will be a great cosmic event. What is going to happen? The scripture refers to that day when the kingdom will be fulfilled as a great and terrible day. It will be both. Jesus will come in glory with his angels. He will come really at the head of a great procession of the redeemed. It will be a time of tremendous exaltation of who he is. But it will be a time of judgment, of condemnation, and of devastation all at the same time. None of us can presume to know or even understand exactly how that is going to happen, and Hollywood can't make films about it either. You can't even write books about it. People try, and some of them make a lot of money doing that. But, I mean, in the final analysis, God deliberately does not explain in detail what it is going to be like. But he does tell us what is going to happen, that there is going to be this great separation. Now, one of the passages of Scripture that we haven't looked at in relation to the kingdom of the last three or four weeks is the division of the sheep and the goats. At this time, there will be this separation. On the right hand will be the sheep, and on the left hand, the goats. The sheep are commended, because Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice and follow me. The sheep are the ones who did not simply possess the life of the kingdom that was given them, but they lived that life. They lived it in practice. They loved. They gave. They blessed, they reached out to others, those in poverty, those in need, those who were sick, those who were in prison. They expressed the love and the compassion of Christ, and they entered into the full inheritance of heaven. The goats didn't live the life of the kingdom. They didn't do any of those things. For them, it was a time of 
judgment. Well, judgment for everybody, but you see, if you're a sheep, you don't need to fear the judgment. It isn't that you're depending upon your own actions to save you, because you know that it's only by the grace of God you have been saved. You know that God has given you the kingdom that you never deserved. You know that it's only by his mercy that you've been forgiven your sins and been made one with him. It's only through his love that Christ lives in you and you live in Christ. You know all of that is entirely his work in you. But because you are so grateful for all he has done, you have devoted your life to living the life of the kingdom, to living a life of love, to living for others and not yourself, because you've appreciated that you can only live for Christ by living for others. The goats are in great contrast. And the king says to the goats, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for me, uh, you, whatever you did not do for them, for the least of these, you did not do for me. Totally the opposite. Because he'd said to the sheep, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for the one of least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. You see, here's the outworking of the kingdom in your life. It's not just a question of receiving the kingdom, but of living the life of the kingdom. What happens to the goats? Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. Jesus says, they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Now, Jesus says they go to eternal punishment, not to eternal annihilation. Not that they will simply cease to exist. There's a heresy going around now where some people are teaching that. That, you know, the redeemed of the Lord will live with him in eternal life. Other people will just cease to exist. No, no, that is not the gospel. That is not the truth. Jesus says there will be a resurrection of, of, of everyone, both the righteous and the unrighteous. The righteous to eternal life, the unrighteous to eternal condemnation. What is eternal condemnation? Well, Jesus says it's the curse, the eternal fire that is prepared for the devil and his angels. I don't understand what that means. I don't want to know what it means because it's reserved for those who do not live the life of the kingdom. And I'm making this very clear, as Jesus did. It's not just whether you have the kingdom, but whether you live the life of the kingdom. So what I've sought to do in these weeks when we've looked at the kingdom is to be honest, truthful to the word of God, to say it's only by the grace of God alone that we've been given this wonderful gift. And he has put within our hearts and lives the life and power of the Holy Spirit to enable to live the life of the kingdom, to please him, to be ready for when he comes, anticipating that there will be a great heavenly reward because we do not live for ourselves, but we live for him and therefore we live for others. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 